Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Veil. I'm your host, Madison Ford. Thank you all for your patience while I took a little bit of a break from editing. Muggle work has finally slowed down a little bit, and I'm feeling refreshed. I hope that you're all doing as well as you can in today's world, and I hope that today's episode can bring you a little bit of light. I'm sharing an interview with Allie. We talk about the many ways the Potter series has been a magical refuge for her since her childhood. If there are any parents listening, know we do talk about Christmas and some of the things that we learn as we grow older. Just wanted to let you know in case you're planning on listening with your kids. I hope y'all enjoy this interview. It was an absolute joy to interview Allie. So let's dive in. Welcome back to Beyond the Veil, everyone. Today on the show, we have Allie Perkins. Allie, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, will you tell everyone listening a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, my name is Allie, and I live just outside Orlando, Florida. Um, I am a huge Harry Potter nerd, obviously, um, and I love all like all things reading i love all things harry potter i love community theater i'm huge into the arts and supporting the arts and basically when i'm not at work i'm at my local community theater or reading harry potter or doing something related to harry potter like if i'm not on stage (laughs) (laughs) that's wonderful i i love being so encompassed by either harry potter or deep in the arts that just sounds that sounds like the dream in a lot of ways yeah there's no in between (laughs) Um, so what sort of uh, Potter information can you tell us about yourself? So I am a Ravenclaw, um, but there's been some dispute amongst my friends over my Slytherin tendencies, um, but it's fine because the hat takes what you want into account. So I've been a steadfast Ravenclaw my whole life. Um, my Patronus, according to Pottermore, is a Tonkinese cat. Not sure you know, if I'm on board with that, but I love cats, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> and I think hmm, my favorite book, I have to I have to say, is probably Goblet of Fire, but favorite movie is Half-Blood Prince, hands down. So, yeah. Love it. That's wonderful. Um, so when did you first come across the Potter series? So when I was about 10, my mom for Christmas got me the boxed set, which at the time was only up to book four, And I didn't want to read it because everyone had been reading it. And I even then was like, well, if it's trendy, I want no part of that. So (laughs) I didn't want to read it. And I put it off for the longest time because I was like, oh, everyone's reading it. And it's so mainstream. Um, But eventually I caved. And I'm so glad I did because I've never looked back. That is wonderful. That that is uh, one of the common answers I hear from people that and it's something I experienced myself too. You know, the, oh, no, no, that's that's so popular. I don't want to be involved in that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you fall into it and then you can't get out for the rest of your life. So <laughs> I'm trapped forever. <laughs> right. So today we're going to talk about a couple of different things, all kind of centering around the different ways that um, Potter has kind of been there for you throughout your life. Um, so To get started, can you kind of tell us a little bit about what your life was like while you were growing up? I'm an only child, and it was pretty lonely being an only child, and I really struggled to make friends because 
Um, my parents fought a lot, so I didn't have a great example of relationship building in my life. I didn't really have a relationship I could look up to. Um, and I was spoiled rotten because I was an only child, so I had a really hard time making friends. Um, so Harry Potter was really it for me when I was growing up. Like, books were my best friends. So that's why it means so much to me is because that's what I had at the time. Mm. So I imagine it would be, look, from what you said, that's, there's so many ways that can just complicate your life as a kid. Um, and I'm curious what, what this was like, like what this experience was like for your mental health. Uh, well, not good. Um, uh-huh. you know, not to get super personal, but you know, my parents fought and sometimes, you know, you try to hide it from your kids, but kids aren't stupid. They know what's going on. And I, you know, I knew what was going on. And so, you know, sometimes I would just go in the closet with my Harry Potter book and pretend I was Harry in the cupboard under the stairs and, you know, magic was waiting for me and, you know, something great was gonna come for me one day because, you know, that's what I, I wanted to believe and I had to because I didn't really have anything else. Wow. I'm glad that you had that escape. And I'm I'm curious, so what what was that experience like like obviously going in and the very what a visceral experience um imagining that you are harry you know under the in the cupboard under the stairs and how what other ways did you use the potter series during that time um just as escapism really i always took a harry potter book with me when we went out to eat at restaurants um, I was a shy kid as it was, and just it was kind of like a crutch for me to always have a book with me. Usually it was Harry Potter, not always, but most of the time, um, just to have it because I knew I could escape into it if I needed to and if I wanted to. And, you know, I did a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned, we talked a little bit about you having trouble making friends. Um, is there anything else that you want to share about that part of your life? Um. Not particularly. It's just, it's hard when you're 10, 11, 12, and you, I never fit in with people. Mm-hmm. I was always the nerdy one. I was always the girl who read books, who knew, like, too much stuff. And so it, I never connected with kids my own age because, like, no one else read as much as me and no one else was, you know, as nerdy as me. And so it was really hard to find my people. And when you're in those you know, tween years where it's so important to to feel like you fit in. You know, I never felt that way. And that's why books were such a huge part of my life because, like, you don't have to worry about fitting in. You automatically have a place. Yeah. I'm glad that you had that escape. It seems like a really important piece of um, – stability for a lot of people in their early lives that ability to dive into a different world Um, yeah it's always there you know like right next to you or wherever you know there's always a book nearby so it's just it's good it's yeah it really got me through a lot and I know that eventually um, your parents got divorced and I'm curious what that was like for you mentally and emotionally how that was what that part of your life was like I want to say it was hard and it was but 
it was also a long time coming. It wasn't mm-hmm. something that I was shocked by. So I like to think I, I handled it pretty well. You know, I wasn't surprised. I, I knew what was going on. Um, but, you know, then it's even more lonely when one parent moves out and it's just you and, you know, it was me and my mom and that was hard. And, you know, I was just starting high school, which is like arguably the worst time for something to happen when you're 14 and we had just moved to a new state and it just, it wasn't a good situation. And so, you know, Harry Potter was like a warm, comfy blanket that's worn with age. I could always pull it over me and use it to shield myself from whatever was going on. Were you using, was Harry Potter still a really a form of escapism for you at that time? Yeah, it was. And as I got older and more books were released, because when I first started, only the first four were out, you know, I, Harry was always older than me in the books, which was fine. But, you know, as I got older, I could then read into the books something that I didn't notice when I read it when I was younger. And so it was almost like a different book every time, but with familiar faces. I love that. That's that's such a wonderful way of looking at it. Were there, because this was as the books were coming out, and I'm curious if there are any particular books or moments that you turned to most during this time, or if it was just, you know, any part of Harry Potter at any time would be a great place for you to retreat to. I think any part at any time, but I do remember this one time where I had this really well-worn copy of Goblet of Fire, and I left it at a restaurant. And I was so distraught. I was so upset because I left. And it was like the cover was off. Like the pages were wrinkled. There was probably food on some (laughs) of the pages. And I left it at this Italian restaurant. And I was just devastated. And I never got it back. You know, of course, I bought another one. But I I remember being so attached to that particular copy of the book. Wow. That there is something it it's just made me think of I had to replace a couple of my own uh, first editions that I first got when I was younger. And there is something kind of weirdly emotional about that process. And well, losing it, that's that's a whole different thing. But we really do build attachments to those books that are so worn out and, you know, wrinkled from bathwater. And um, so I that makes a lot of sense to me that it would be kind of a really distressing moment in your youth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was like losing a friend. You know, sometimes when I would reread it, you know, I would know that that stain was pasta sauce from that time I was reading it at the dinner table and my meatball fell on it, you know, like I would remember what happened, you know, it was almost like a map of my life in the book as the stains and the rips and the, you know, everything on the pages. So it was really sad. Something that you mentioned in your submission, which if there are any parents listening with children, um, uh, we're about to talk about Christmas and some of the things we learn about Christmas as we get older. So, you know, if you feel like you may want to get past these few minutes, that might be a a wise idea. Uh, You mentioned that when you found out that Santa wasn't real, that that really affected you. And I wanted to know a little bit more about this, if you want to share Yeah, definitely. So I don't think it was the same Christmas that I was gifted Harry Potter, but it must have been maybe the following year. I was quite old when I was told about Christmas. Mm. Um, 
and I was opening something and it wasn't working and my parents were still together at the time and my dad said, but the woman at the store said, and I was like, hold up, dad, this was from Santa. And they were like, well, now seems as good as time as any on Christmas Day to let you know that no. Um, And so that was hard. And then they coupled it with also the Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, etc. Not a thing either. And, you know, I grew up writing notes to the Tooth Fairy and she would tell me about her travels across the world. And, you know, she, you know, left me notes under my pillow. And it was just so gut-wrenching that all at once and I remember saying to my mom there's no magic in the world anymore and it was devastating and it's still I mean I'm 26 and it's still devastating now (laughs) that um, that makes me really sad that uh, that's a difficult thing for any parent I'm not a parent so I can't imagine what that's like but I feel like that could have been done with a little bit more grace um and um, I'm sorry that it was so almost traumatizing well it was and then my mom brought out a film canister with all the baby teeth that i had sent off to the tooth fairy and she was like look here's all here's all your teeth i was like wow (laughs) i'm emotional even now because it really you know that was not a nice day not a nice day not a nice christmas so yeah well i'm i am glad that at that point it seems like you had harry potter in your life and how did How did Harry Potter help you get through this? So because the world as I knew it had kind of changed. And, you know, I think as you get older, you kind of have an inkling about these things as, you know, you're a kid and you're you're growing up. But because Harry Potter was such magical realism, you know, Mm -hmm. I read it, I read it and I believed it. And the films, a couple of the films had come out at that point so I could see it. And so it was almost like a tangible thing that Mm -hmm. like oh like this ordinary kid had this extraordinary thing happen to him I mean I guess he's not extraordinary but he is you know what I mean like (laughs) anyway but like you know if it can happen to him it can happen to me and so you know I was like well if there's no magic in the world that I can touch then I'm gonna have to read about it because that's as close as I'm gonna get well I'm so glad that it was there and it seems like it had kind of just since it came into your life, it was kind of just this, you know, like a, a lifeline or a life raft that you were able to hang on to when the the ski boat of life was just going so fast that it was difficult to deal with as a kid. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, people say, you know, think I'm silly or childish and no one, you know, my parents don't really understand why I love it so much, you know, and I I can't even begin to articulate like what it what it's done for me throughout my life to them. So I'm all right with them thinking I'm a little weird for being so in love with it. <laughs> I think a lot of us feel similarly when you're so engrossed in something that it becomes a part of your life in a tangible way, um, especially as an adult. And someone who doesn't understand really can't. Uh, I mean, unless they are lucky enough to get that spark of joy that comes from Potter, but um, it's really special when you have something that was there for you throughout such a long period of time that was also filled with uh, troubles and turmoil. Yeah, and I actually, um, when I turned 18, the very first tattoo I ever got was the Deathly Hollows 
um, symbol for a multitude of reasons, but, you know, mainly because it just, I just needed to have it close by at all times. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and it was an anxiety. I have anxiety. And so, you know, it, it was just, it meant so much to me to get that like tattooed on my body. It was just a huge, huge moment for me. So it's always with me. What about the Deathly Hallows felt important enough to get a tattoo? So um, I have anxiety and some one of my uh, triggers is um, like death and, you know, dying. And so I really liked that what the Hallows stood for and how if you had all three, you know, you could kind of beat death. But then Harry, you know, realized he doesn't need that. You know, it's, it's just part of life. And so it was almost comforting to have it as a reminder on me that, you know, it's, it's, it's all going to be okay. And it's also a great way to uh, identify other Harry Potter fans out in the wild. So, so <laughs> people see it and come up to me and, you know, we've made a friend if someone, someone comes up to you and says, oh, you know, I have that tattoo as well. And so it's fun. But it's definitely so personal to me to, to have it on my body. Yeah, I understand 100%. And I, I have a Deathly Hallows tattoo also. Oh, yay! And yeah, there's something, uh, like you said, the, with the idea of death, that feeling mm, protected and a little bit at peace, I guess. That's a kind of a feeling it provides for me. Exactly. And it's like, it's a part of something bigger than myself. When I see someone else with it, like I know that it's affected them as much as it's affected me. And we're like in it together. Yes, Absolutely. The Deathly Hallows is a good way of showing, I don't know, it has a very, it's one of the symbols with very deep meaning throughout the series. So it feels um, like if you, rambling a little bit here, but it, it feels like a deep connection. Yeah, it does. It really does. So you mentioned that um, the seventh book came out around the time you were about 14 and you read it uh, very quickly. <laughs> Uh, so I I just want to know what what that experience was like as you read Deathly Hallows for the first time. Um, it was it was a weird day. The package came in the mail, and my mom told me I couldn't read it till I cleaned my room. So I remember cleaning my room and as fast as I could, and reading the book. And for some reason, I went into the guest bedroom and I read the whole thing in the guest bedroom. It took me twelve hours. Um. I read it, and at one point, um, my parents were still together at this time. My dad, I was right at the, the end of the book, right as Harry's going into the forest, and mm -hmm. my dad opened the door to check on me because no one had seen me all day, and uh, <laughs> I just had tears streaming down my face, and I remember him taking one look at me, not saying a word, and then closing the door and just leaving me alone, and they, they knew I needed that. Like, this whole mm -hmm. thing was coming to an end. You know, like the whole, it felt so final and it felt so finished and it was a journey that I had been on and it was, it was over and it was just, oh, it was heartbreaking. And then I was like, well, at least, you know, I still have the movies to look forward to. So, you know, it just felt like the magic I had been a part of for so long was over and that mm. was, that was a hard day. Yeah, absolutely. How did you feel with the... I mean, there's that bittersweet feeling of everything coming to a close, but also, you know, it being over. But how how did you feel about the, I guess, the events that occurred in the book? I, 
I felt when you're 14, it's hard to like take a step back and, and look at things critically. So as I was in it, I was just in it and I let the story take me where it took me. And I didn't think about, you know, now that I'm older, I'm like, well, this question's not been answered. And what about this thing? And, but in the moment, I just let the story take me completely, completely with it. And mm-hmm. I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad that's just how it needed to be. But yeah, that was a wild, wild ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Um, and it wasn't that long um, before the final film was out. And you were 17 at the same time Harry was. Um, and I guess I'm curious what that was like, like as Harry's journey is ending in films and your high school journey, you know, getting ready to move on to college. uh, What was that experience like? Oh, so that was one of the most incredible experiences. We went to the midnight premiere at my local movie theater. Um, It's the only movie theater in like a 25 mile radius. So, (laughs) you know, if you were there, you were a real big fan. And so it was me and my high school friends who had gotten into it and we all dressed up and you know everyone was there because they loved harry potter and because they love the story and so every theater in you know every like screen in the whole theater was just full every single one you know you could just pick whatever theater you want and we sat in number seven because (laughs) you know i mean technically it was the eighth film but you know we sat in number seven Mm -hmm. and we watched it and we cried and you know, it was July and I was going off to college in August and I was like, Harry has finished his journey and I'm starting mine, but it felt super fitting because I knew even though we weren't going to see it, he was still going to have more more to come, you know, in his life. And just because, I don't know, it felt really fitting, you know, I open at the close. It just felt like that's that's how I needed to be in that part that my childhood was done. And then I could move on and go be an adult at college. And, you know, it was, it was just all really symbolic and it just worked out beautifully. You're making me tear up. I'm sorry. I'm emotional. (laughs) No, I had the, I had the same experience. You know, I I was, we were at the same age. Uh, I was leaving for college as well. And Ah, collecting myself. (laughs) I know I I get it. I mean, it was just, it was the most incredibly happy feeling, but also super sad, but also like I couldn't picture it any other way. I don't know. It it felt so cosmic that it ended, the books or the, the, the movies were ending right as high school was ending and going off into the unknown as, uh, Harry was going off into the unknown and, I think yeah. there was something about with Voldemort gone at the end of the last book that this place that he's walking to is going to be a better place than he was before. Yeah. And that felt really, uh, that must have been very, uh, it was like cathartic. Know. Yeah. It was like, yeah, there's just, it was just the perfect, perfect way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the films came to a close, um, thankfully, there has still been a lot of fandom to enjoy and engage in. Uh, 
And I'm curious to know what you've been doing within the fandom since the films ended. So I go to the parks as often as I can because I'm outside Orlando, which is awesome. So I get to see, you know, what's going on. So I've been volunteering with MuggleNet and that's opened up a huge new community of people that I didn't, you know, know before. I'm part of the Central Florida Slug Club. So, you know, I'm in that. I'm in so many Harry Potter based groups on Facebook that I think I actually have a problem because (laughs) (laughs) and then I've won Harry Potter trivia at our local bar like I mean any way I can like you know flaunt my knowledge I will (laughs) (laughs) that's the Ravenclaw I guess it is (laughs) I love I love how involved you are that it's uh I think Harry Potter as being kind of a central pillar of somebody's life is it always makes me so happy because I feel like you know so much about a person who loves Harry Potter just as much as you do. Yeah. With all of these different things, how has being involved in the fandom helped you with your mental and emotional health? So one thing I've realized is a lot of people in the Harry Potter fandom, and not everybody, but a lot of people have anxiety and other mental health issues as well. And I think it's so interesting that we've all sort of gravitated to this one thing um so i found incredible support from other potter heads that also suffer from anxiety and depression and it's one of the most supportive communities that you know i've ever been in and it's wonderful that is uh, that rings so true to my experience in be it MuggleNet or meeting people at conventions or meetups there is uh feels like there's always this I don't know, like a magical support that comes from people ingrained in the Potter way of life. Um, And I'm, I'm so glad you're here at MuggleNet now. And uh, yeah, it just having this community is so um, life changing. Yeah, it really is. It is. It's one of the best groups to be a part of I think I think there's a lot of fandoms out there who aren't as kind and as supportive as we are and I'm really glad that we're like that yes (laughs) (laughs) and so talk about every part of your life being encompassed by Potter you recently got engaged at the Warner Brothers studio tour which congratulations thank you (laughs) Um, and I want to know all about that well what a saga um so (laughs) I've, I had been before. This was actually our second time going, but since I had gone, you know, they added so much. So um, my fiance is actually from England. So I'm really fortunate to go to England at least once a year. And while we were over there for Christmas, my Christmas gift was to go to the studio tour, um, which, I mean, I, I was thrilled about that, you know, on its own. Right. Um, but I had kind of had an inkling of what was going to happen that day. Um, I kind of knew the proposal was going to be soon. Um, And then when um, my Christmas present was a Hogwarts letter, but instead of saying, you know, um, King's Cross, it said, you know, the studio tour, he wrote it, you know, and had the wax seal on it and everything. It was super cute. Mm. Um, So I knew it was going to happen that day. And I knew that it was going to be in either the Great Hall or the scale model of the castle, which is at the end of the tour. And um, it didn't happen at the beginning. So I was, you know, okay, I hope it's happening 
at the end. Um, and then we got to the end and it's the scale model. And I don't know if you've ever been. Um, no. Oh man, you got to go. It's, <laughs> they play this emotional music, first of all. So it's this, you know, lovely orchestral piece as you're walking around this scale model of the castle that's bigger than my house. Um, and, you know, we're talking and he, he goes to do it. And I said, there are so many people here. Okay. If you propose right now, I will kill you. Um, <laughs> with all the love in the world, obviously. Right. Um, and so he was like, oh, okay. So he didn't do it. And, and we're leaving. It's the tour is done. It's 1030 PM. So I start to have a panic attack because that's, you know, what I do. And um, I'm in the bathroom and I'm having this panic attack and I call him and I say, I can't come out of the bathroom. I'm having a panic attack because I ruined my dream proposal for myself. Mm. Um, and he says, just come out of the bathroom. I'm like, okay. So I come out of the bathroom. He's there with two studio tour workers. They take us back into the great hall. It's completely empty. No people. They let us open the doors. And then right there in the middle of the great hall, he gets down on one knee and proposes. Oh and then they let us take pictures. They gave us um, wands to pose with. I got Hermione's and he got Newt's. Um, they took us back to the model to take some more pictures. So it was just, I mean you know, they made it happen for us there. So it was just the best day. That's, that is so incredible. It's a bit long, but I mean, it was just one of the best days of my life. <laughs> well, that, I love that you were able to, uh, your fiance was able to go and, you know, get everything cleared out to make you more comfortable. Um, well, he he said it didn't really feel right to him either. And I guess he had gone to the information desk and um, said, you know, can we get back in? Because it was shut. And then he said, I was going to propose. And they said, of course you can get back in. You know, <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people do it with all the, you know, tourists around when you can just ask us and we'll take you in. And I was like, I mean, thank goodness he knows me so well. And, you know, he understands my anxiety. And it was just, it was awesome. Wow. I'm so glad that you or with somebody who understands that so that you were still able to have that like dream experience. That's just so wonderful. Yeah, it really was so, so surreal. And actually his parents are visiting us next month and they've never been to the park. So I get to be with them as I experience. They were there, um, not during the proposal, but they were at the tour with us waiting in the lobby while we got engaged. So now it's almost like they're going to finish the whole journey with us you know, when they come to the parks next month. And it's just, uh, I'm just so excited. Wow. And the, the parks, that is that is a true um, immersive, that is an immersive experience. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even as big of fans as me. And they still cried at the studio tour. So I can't wait to see uh, what's going to happen when they actually get to, you know, go inside Hogwarts at the park. Oh, man, that's a, oh, I'm so excited for you. That is sharing that with other people um, yeah the look on their faces like there's nothing like watching people experience something that amazes them you know and I feel like an insider because I know and I've been and you know it's it's my life but to them it's new and oh I'm so excited <laughs> wow well Allie as we come to the end of our time here I just want to know if you have any final words of wisdom advice or anything else that you'd like to share yeah I do um, I just want to say, I I haven't faced a whole lot of adversity in my life. I've been very fortunate in that respect to not have a lot of, you know, adversity, not too many challenges to face, but um, it gets better. And, 
you have to find your people and it may take a long time. It may take a while. I'm 26 and I'm just finding my people and they all love Harry Potter and you got to have that thing that gets you through. And if you're having a tough time and if things seem crappy, you know, it's going to be okay. And I don't know if I would be who I am if I didn't have Harry Potter there for me. And it doesn't have to be Harry Potter for other people. You know, it can be something else. But if I didn't have that literary world to fall into, I don't know if my mental health would be as as it is today. I don't I don't know what I would be like. I don't know if I would be here in this house where I am if I hadn't have found it. And so uh, actually I think it found me, but Mm. yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, Glad you found this community and uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with all of us. No, thank you for having me. (laughs) It's been wonderful. Thank you all for listening to my interview with Allie. Allie, thank you for joining me on the podcast and sharing your story. If you listening have a story that you'd like to share, please fill out the form below. We'd love to have you on the show and talk to you about your Potter story. You can always send in an anonymous story if you don't feel like sharing your name or your voice. I hope you all have a magical week. Join me next time for another conversation in the headmaster's office. Take care.